When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, how about them damn Celtics? And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, January 15th. Uh, on the day the Celtics are set to take on the Raptors. Obviously, as is the case with every time we record the day of, our future selves after the game are going to insert the recap of, of the game in, in, in a couple minutes. And so we'll go over the Raptors game. Uh, I said it last pod. I've become so terrible at explaining the past present thing, but you guys understand what's happening at this point. Like if there's new listeners, just understand we're recording this at three 30 in the afternoon. Celtics game is obviously later tonight. So we, the recap will be in this episode that you're hearing at 5. AM. Uh, but we present selves, Jack in the red sweatshirt, same in the purple thing, uh, have not purple seen yet. Thing. It's a purple jersey. Original have some respect for one of the took great it off. Took it off the wall. I was actually going to talk about that before we started the Celtics Raptors recap, but then I I fumbled over my words as I was just I named the color of my sweatshirt, so I was like, oh, color, color, just just talk about the colors. Uh, and then in the midst of saying that, I realized, wait, we're probably going to be wearing the same thing after the game, so I don't maybe know, it's not the best because I'm going to shower. I, I might <laughs> yeah, be wearing too. something different. We'll see. Uh, anyways. Uh, you'll see what we're wearing after the game in just a second here. Let's throw it over to our future selves for the recap of the Celtics Raptors. Big suspense. What will Sam and Jack be wearing? All right. Thank you to our past selves for throwing it on over to us. We are here after the Celtics Raptors game. Sam is, in fact, wearing a different shirt. I have had not time. Uh, haven't had time to change yet. So I forgot uh... about that. <laughs> <laughs> Did I throw you off? <laughs> well, no. Like, when, when you said it, like, I was like, oh, yes. But I did forget, like... Uh, I need to shower after this or in the morning. I've been writing all day. Uh, but anyways, that's not why you guys are here. The uh, <laughs> Celtics <laughs> took down the Raptors uh, on month. It's Monday, right? On Monday night. Yeah, Monday. Uh, good win for the team. 105-96. Had some scares in there. A rough third quarter overcame by Jason Tatum being Jason Tatum for a brief stint. Uh, and then a late fourth quarter run by the Raptors. Uh, quelled by some big shot making by Derek White uh, and some great plays from everybody else. Weird game for the Celtics. Uh, not a great shooting night. 42, uh, 40.2% from the field, but 41% from three. Uh, so very awkward. Didn't really make their twos, uh, which was weird. Joe Mazzulla said as much after the game, called it weird game, said, uh, what was the exact quote? He said, it was weird. We had to like create our own energy a lot. Or like said, it was a weird in the building. I, I don't know. It was a very interesting quote from Joe about the game. Said it's a weird game. First of all, weird environment. One of those situations where we had to fight constantly to create our own energy. Interesting. Uh, I thought at least that quote was. Uh, meanwhile, the Raptors shot. Oh my God! I didn't realize. Wow. Raptors shot forty percent from the field and twelve point five percent from three. Didn't realize they shot that poorly from three. But yeah. Um, I don't know. This was just a very odd game overall. The, the the calls were weird from half to half, both sides. Um, I thought the Celtics played all right when they were on, but then there were times where they went through these lulls where they just kind of let the Raptors walk to the rim. It, it, they got the job done. It, a win is a win, but it, this was a weird one. So you're absolutely 
absolutely right. Win is a win. Um, this game, good first half. They played pretty well throughout the first half, but it was one of those things where I was like, why aren't they up more points? Because they were exactly. making a lot of threes. It was like, uh, like I don't know, feels like they should be up 15, and then it kind of crashed down on them in the third quarter. And I was like, oh, yeah, like this is kind of how like I expected this to go once they weren't building on a lead. Now, yeah. to their credit, they had a championship-level response. Tatum's the third quarter. <laughs> Excellent from Tatum, like you mentioned. Yeah. And this is a parallel game. You tweeted about a parallel. There is another parallel in this game as well where mm. the Celtics came back and did the improbable against the uh, our Pistons. They were down 21 points. They came all the way back and they won and they fueled the comeback. They stormed back yep. because Jason Tatum put his head down and went to the rim. In this yes. game, Jason Tatum helped get the team back on track by taking over, asserting himself, and getting to the cup. He had two super cool dunks back-to-back -back in the third quarter. Yep. Uh, he had six assists in this game and only one turnover. Like He was really responsible for a lot of baskets. He had a sick pass to Luke Cornett after some super cool between-the-legs dribbles. Good dunk um, by Cornett, too. Yeah, like good play Credit. from Cornett. But <laughs> I was very impressed to actually get the point across here with Tatum's willingness to get down, realize the shot wasn't falling, only one of six from three tonight, and the one three was a good three. And just, he was like, okay, got to do this instead. Excellent work fine with his game mm -hmm. didn't think he was bad impressed that he realized what needed to change and he did it so good job on him as far as the others go drew holiday and Derek white were full of big boy buckets tonight you got them a lot in that fourth quarter when the celtics were trying to hold off the raptors there was the back-to-backs from Derek white where he had the floater and then he had a little fall away at the elbow mm -hmm. then drew made two big threes the first one i was like wait 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 and then it went in <laughs> but the second one was pretty sure. great he was wide open and he, he drilled him four of six from three from drew tonight so mm -hmm. very impressed with how these guys stepped up in jalen brown's absence good win good win could have been a catastrophe thankfully it was not yeah like i said excuse me like i said it just felt kind of awkward the whole night like they couldn't like joe said couldn't really generate a rhythm they were missing a lot of buckets they usually make Derek white like it didn't end up mattering again because they got the win so nothing like you accept the trends and you move on Derek white smoked like the easiest layup in the fourth quarter i've ever Real seen lucky. him take in my life yeah. yeah like like they were just not with it in this game for for spurts and I mean, credit the Raptors. RJ Barrett looked really good attacking uh, Horford, particularly uh, in this game. Uh, he ended up 11 of 19 from the field, so he, he did a good job attacking all night. It was just very awkward. It, it almost felt like you you missed Jalen's Brown, excuse me, Jalen Brown's energy a lot. Again, like there are no excuses no. when you're missing players, but like it, it, you can understand why the Celtics games where you're missing one of the top six show what those top six guys bring to the table individually. Like in that. Um, the Pacers game, you miss Tatum's defense, right? In this game, you probably miss some of, some of Jalen Brown's energy and transition play, which he brought in the rap the Rockets game, excuse me, um, which was fun. Tatum did a really good job overall in this game. 14 rebounds, six assists was awesome to see from him. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball well. He didn't score the ball well. He was missing a lot of mid-range shots. The threes he took in this game, not many of them were bad. He was stepping in for a lot of minis, and he was bricking a lot of minis. Like, yeah, yeah that was awkward. Horford, 
uh, played well in this one again. It's 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 a treat that the Celtics have him just sitting there ready to start <laughs> when they need him to. Like really, like really, like he he was also missing a ton of uh, shots inside, but eleven rebounds, two assists, ten points. Like that's solid. Porzingis only took six shots, but he got to the line ten times. Shout out Michael Hilly in the chat saying he's getting to the line ten times. He got there twelve times. Um, yeah, it is funny. We talked about yeah. that in the pregame. I know. That and uh, <laughs> the other guy, what's his name? Jack. What's his mm, last name? Cooley. Jack Cooley. <laughs> yes, Jack Cooley. But it felt like the Celtics, once they realized that the Raptors were getting a bunch of ticky tack fouls down low, Tatum was like, all right, bet. And he just started attacking in the same way, which yeah. was good. That's what good. you want to do. And then, like you said, shout out Drew and Derek White. They played awesome in this game when he needed to. Derek White was missing a bunch of those floaters. He didn't shoot particularly well from inside, uh, but 5-11 from three on a bunch of good looks is huge. And Drew Holiday, season high, 22 points to go along with six boards, seven assists. Like, those two were great in this game. So it, it was it was nice seeing them all step up with Jalen out uh, as weird. Like it, it's weird to say step up when your starting lineup is Drew Holiday, Derek White, Porzingis, Horford, Tatum. But you know what I mean? Like, like when you're missing one of those guys, they are absolutely dominant when everyone is available. So when one guy's missing, it does almost feel like they try too much to make up for it rather than just playing normal basketball. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like at, I do, but quarter, I just pictured in my head, like all like the rest of the guys trying to do Jalen dunks. <laughs> no but like in the first quarter i noticed it a couple times with drew they would just be taking the ball inside and trying to get something to go themselves like it almost feels like they're like okay jalen's out like, maybe i'll take a step up a little bit they settled themselves down eventually and used some great ball movement the, the ball was popping uh later in the first quarter and in the second quarter but um yeah i don't know it, this this game was so awkward got the win which is what mattered it looked ropey at times there it, it, it just always felt like they were the better team, but there were these weird moments where they'd have this like fluky miss or, or a random turnover. And then the Raptors would just go down and either get a foul call or make a big layup. Like it's just a super awkward game. So, I mean, these are the games you want to win, like the ones that you probably could have lost realistically. I mean, 60 rebounds for the Raptors in this game. Um, and the Celtics turned the ball over 12 times, but they stuck through it, um, which is good. Good for them. Another... <laughs> Another big time aspect of this game where they missed Jalen mm. was at the beginning of the second quarter. Tatum plays the whole first quarter. They mentioned on the broadcast that's usually not how it goes. But while he's getting some rest, the backup unit did not contain any other starters, mm. it felt like. Maybe it was Derek White and it was Horford, but it was yeah. a really odd combination. Was, I, they didn't I know exactly have what you're talking about. A great initiator in that group. And you could feel it like that's when Toronto climbed back. Yeah. And it got a little bit tight before the break. It just wasn't what you wanted to see after a pretty solid start. To their credit mm -hmm. and Joe's credit, you didn't see it again in the second half. And the group that was out there without Tatum in the fourth quarter did a great job of helping build the lead. They got it to 14 after Hauser stuck a top of the key uh, three off a Pritchard driving dish. Yeah. So I was pretty impressed with not only Joe's uh, decision making and change up, but the will of the fellas there to build it yeah. up when things didn't go their way in the first half. Yeah, I, I know exactly the lineup you're talking about, too. It was like Cornette, Hauser, Pritchard, Derek White and Horford, like double bigs with like a lot of emphasis on Derek White being the initiator. Yeah. And it just it, it can work. It just kind of didn't. <laughs> that was the let's see how good we are lineup from Joe. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, I mean, see how much again, better we are than everybody else. Oh, we're yeah. not that much. <laughs> again, they won the game. It is what it is. Um, very weird. RJ Barrett looked good. Emmanuel quickly looked inefficient, but like you can see the vision there. Uh, at the very least, he was the only player on the Raptors outside of Thad Young, who was a positive plus minus. Thad Young had seven assists in this game, <laughs> which is like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> Thad Young, who took the ugliest three I've ever seen. Yeah. It was worse was... than uh, Slavstrov. Or what was his name? The guy on the Spurs. Oh, <laughs> Sandra Mamakalashvili. That guy, yeah. What is Flash? I thought you were Flash trying to say Svee's first name. No. Like, what do we do? Sorry. It's really bad. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, yeah, that was it was a bad one for sure. Um, low assist game for the Celtics. I mean, that's because they just they missed a lot of shots. Celtics only made 33 field goals in this game. That is crazy. They only made 33 field goals, but they finished with what? 105, 105. points still. I guess that's not that many in today's league, but they it's did hold the Raptors all. to 96. So this is a big time, like thumbs up game, despite mm-hmm. there being stretches where I was like, oh my God, they're never going to get a stop. <laughs> but as a whole, they did a good job of holding them because we haven't seen a ton of that lately from the Celtics. They haven't been great mm-hmm. on defense. I feel like they've been pretty inconsistent. Maybe tonight was another instance of it because, like, again, there were times I was like, wow, they're just going to the rim every time and no one cares. Yeah. Um, this is the ninth time this season. And now these, this is going to make sense in a second. Ninth time this season the Celtics have scored 112 or fewer. It's the fifth time they've scored 105 or fewer. Uh, and of those nine times they've scored 112 or fewer, they have lost five of the games. So mm. impressive that they managed to win this game. Uh, it's also a testament to this Raptors offense is still pretty bad, despite getting a couple of good pieces. Right. Well, um, have but yeah, <laughs> the other uh, losses or the other games where they scored one twelve or fewer. Minnesota overtime. Yep, Minnesota game. Uh, oh boy, we're lost now. I, uh, I was gonna give them to you, but you started guessing. I well, like, I know right. Minnesota overtime. Uh, OKC, they scored in the 120, so that's not it. Yeah, five they runs. lost the Pacers game. Yeah, that was 111. Was the in season tournament one? Was the, did they have two at Indy? Yeah, the one where Buddy Heald hit the super cool three at the end to make them win by 10 instead of seven. That was in season tournament. That was that was 112. Yeah, oh, that was 112. Okay, we're yeah. on the dot. Okay. 112. Um, I'll just tell Orlando. you, uh. Yep, Orlando lost. That was their lowest of the season. They didn't crack. That was the only time they didn't crack 100 this season. They had 96. Okay, I'm done. Uh, Milwaukee, where they got stomped like two days ago, 102. Uh, and then <laughs> Philly, 103, 106. Uh, yeah. And then the wins, Memphis, 102, 100. Uh, Knicks, 108, 104 on opening night. And then both of the other times were Raptors wins. Um, so, yeah, yeah I mean, like we said, weird game. O'Shea hit a three, Sam. You can do your little dance yes! if you'd like. <laughs> you did. Uh, he decent did O'Shea minutes. He was a plus five in, yeah. in seven minutes. Do you have seven points? He was good. Yeah. yeah. He did have seven points. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Why, good. why does he not play? <laughs> because this team's really good. Realistically, because yeah. they're really good. That's the answer. But, I mean, good on him, man. Can't complain. Yeah. Can't ask no. for much more. He He's staying ready. Not at all. Um, I don't know if I have any other thoughts. I think that just about does it. Uh, Weird box score. Odd thing. game. 
Yes. Richard plus 16 on one of seven. I was ju- I was going to bring that up. Like, uh, what is that about? It's very odd. I don't really know. I mean, Cornette plus 12 makes sense. He was good in his minutes. He, he did some some good things on the court, had a nice block. But I see. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I, got me so mad? So I read about Sam Hauser's defense the other day. He had a super good block in this game, and then it was just nullified by an offensive rebound put back. I was so mad. I was ready to tweet out the clip. I'm like, I just wrote about this today. Then it was just a put back. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to tweet that out. I don't think so. Did we talk Porzingis? <laughs> Not a good mm. Porzingis game. No, we talked about it briefly about the free throws, but like, I don't know. Free throws is wild. And, and credit yeah. to him because he still got himself to the line. Like, yes, as much as Tatum took initiative, forced the issue, Porzingis kind of did that too. He only took six shots in this game. Mm. Still got his. Good for him. Fun report uh, from Adam Himmelsbach. O'Shea Brissett's grandmother has once again cooked the Celtics post-game spread of food uh, in Toronto. Not a lot of talking going on in the locker room right now. So O'Shea Brissett's grandma cooking it up. They're ready to go. Give us some extra portions to Porzingis, please. Beef them up a little bit. Uh, anyways, uh, any any final thoughts? We that, that about cover it. Home win streak Again. back Wednesday. Spurs Nuggets. This is Spurs aren't are the Spurs. They are what they are. I will say we don't have to talk about this while Spurs have been playing a lot better lately. A lot of close games, couple wins sprinkled in there. So they lost by credit 10 to them today, and they got whomped in the first half. When we were recording earlier, they were down thirty, but they got it to ten. They did before that. Kept it close against the Bulls without Wembenyama. Beat Charlotte and Detroit, which those teams suck, but like they whomped them. Four-point loss to Milwaukee that was really close. Two-point loss to Cleveland that was really close. So, I'm just saying. The Milwaukee they've been, game was a good one. I watched Yes. They've been better. And then the Nuggets on Friday. So, two big games to crack 20 and hit 21 for the home win streak. Uh, anyways, weird Raptors game. Let us know your thoughts, and we'll throw it back over to our past selves for the rest of the pod. All right. We're back in the red and purple now. <laughs> Thank you guys for jumping over uh, for the Celtics-Raptors game. We appreciate it. Uh, let us know what you think uh, of the game. Uh, especially because we currently don't know what happened in the game. Um, However, uh, Sam and I are going to get into something that we've wanted to talk about for a little while. All-star predictions. Now, you might be questioning, why is this in the Celtics section? Well, uh, in the case of the Eastern Conference, we're going to see how many Celtics crack our all-star lists. Uh, I think all five Celtics technically have a case. I think I don't think Drew Holiday has a realistic case because the counting stats just aren't there and there are so many talented guys in the East. I think KP, D-White definitely have a chance. I think the Jays definitely have a chance, uh, obviously. So we're going to break it down, go over our all-star ballots, uh, metaphorically so. Sam and I don't have votes, and if we did, what a world. (laughs) What a world that would be. Uh, But let's take a look. Sam, you want to start with the starters in the East and move from there. Thoughts? I'm with it. You want to do starters, starters, and then bench, bench. Uh, let's do starting guards, starting guards. Let's let's go over that for now, and then we can do okay. like the whole bench. Just to all right. Up. So, uh, who are your starting guards in the East, Sam? For my starters, I have Tyrese Halliburton and Donovan Mitchell. Ooh, okay. Uh, I have Tyrese Halliburton. Excuse me, Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson. That's who I've got. So, uh, yeah. Uh, why Donovan Mitchell over anybody else? I think his numbers are pretty crazy. Uh, The Cavs certainly haven't had the success of uh, some of the other teams that will have players featured, but I think he has the notoriety name-wise. I haven't looked at the voting tallies. I bet Dame is going to be a starter, actually. But um, with the fan vote, I I think Donovan Mitchell still got the the clout for it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I will say, so the reason I went Brunson is partially because I was listening to Zach Lowe talk about his all-star ballots, which is the reason that I thought we should do it today. Uh, and he actually had this exact same debate, Mitchell versus Brunson. And his argument was Mitchell's counting stats are a bit better. Jalen Brunson's efficiency is a lot better. However, his tiebreaker was Jalen Brunson's played 300 more minutes this season, which I thought was like, you know what? I'll back that. I think either could start. I think Donovan Mitchell might have a pretty good chance based on name value alone. That said, I I went with Brunson because the efficiency is there. I think, I don't know. I I just, I like him better as a player this season. I I think he's been a cooler story. I think he's been more fun. So it was just, I guess it was a personal pick. I think either one could easily be there, but, and then Halliburton is pretty clear cut. We'll talk about potential replacements if he doesn't play, but I feel like he's got to play. So I, and I think if he does play, he'll start. Like the Cavs and Knicks are uh, fourth and seventh respectively, but it's literally seven games back, seven games back, yeah. seven games back, seven games back from four to seven. So they're in the same spot. They've had similar success. So I'm a big team success guy. And I mean, we can't use that as a measuring stick because they're equal pretty much. Yeah, they're right there. Record. I think it's a fair toss up for those two, especially. Um, okay. Who you're starting three front court. I'm pretty sure this is as clear cut and dry as you could possibly have any three front court players, but I'm curious to know your thoughts. Yeah. So <laughs> Tate uh, and Nakumpo and Embiid. It's yeah. pretty simple. Anybody- the NFL season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, pick a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Anybody who has anything else is biased. Like, realistically, like yeah. that, that is just it's going tough. to be the starting front court. Tough to imagine anything else. The, the three players all have popular names with fans. They've all played pretty well this season. You could argue Tatum's been the worst of the three, but even he's been hot lately, so he's going to get in as a starter. The fan vote says it. And uh, The better question. pretty comfortable. He might jump and beat mm-hmm. for second. 
better question is how many years into the future will this be the starting front court of the East? Cause it's, it's going to be a string of them <laughs> for a while. They're now. all under contract like, for a while. So probably next five seasons, at least at least five. Seasons. Yeah. Five well, beats it beats 30. So he is, he's getting up there slowly. So it's could be changing. It depends. It's it be depends if Philly starts winning to your point, like he's 30, yeah. right? So he's at his peak. He's not going to be the, like the best center or one of the best centers in the league forever. But if he's able to make his mark, he will have the grandfathered in votes that we'll talk about a little later. It is crazy that we consider like, at least in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, it's the Giannis, Embiid, Tatum era. Tatum's like five years younger than both of them, <laughs> which is nuts. Um, but yeah, that's the starting front court. Okay, who are your bench guards? We'll start there. Just bench guards. Let's see if I have egg on my face. I picked Lillard and Tyrese Maxey. That's who I got to. Lillard, yeah, Tyrese I, Maxey. I think those are pretty standard. I think Tyrese particularly has been impressive this year. He could start. He's taking quite the leap. Yeah. I almost put him as a starter instead of Mitchell, to be honest with you. And I think he's done wonders for Philly after Harden's exit. He's taken that next jump. He's been reliable for them. He plays all these games that Embiid sits out, and he's helped them with some monster performances. So he's definitely one of the elite, and he deserves his first all-star appearance. That's what I would say. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, I got the same. Maxi Lillard, two of the best teams in the East, two all-star caliber guards pretty clear cut who are your starting forwards or sorry bench forwards in the east what you got i have jalen i have paulo and i have bam same yeah bar for bar word for word we this got is really bench. shaping up to be an electric <laughs> segment hey it's it, the east is credit pretty to me credit good. to me yeah, for i being mean smart <laughs> why am i the benchmark for smart we both could be idiots um, no i think because yeah, no, well, you pay more attention than me I try at least. I haven't been as good as I want to be this year. I, I think the Celtics need two all-stars. I think Jalen's playing the best basketball of his career. I think Bam has been the best player on that Heat team this season. He's doing everything. He's awesome. I think Jimmy, double. yeah, no I think Jimmy or Hero could have a shout, but I think Bam's been the best, and I think they might only have room for one. Uh, and then Paolo, Magic have slipped off lately, but they deserve an all-star, and he's been great. So uh, I'll give it to that. Okay. Uh, Are they in that four to seven range? Wild. There he is. I think, yeah, they've fallen off. It's unfortunate, but Paolo's still been playing. Like, what are Paolo's numbers this season? Now I'm curious. He is averaging 23.7 rebounds, five assists on 45 36. Yeah. I mean, those are all star numbers. So credit to him bringing the efficiency up a lot from last year. Yeah. He brought the efficiency up from 43 30 uh, to 45 36. Like, that's very impressive. It's a little Shout bit of that's a difference maker. And that's what makes winning basketball when you have a number one option who can really be relied on. Makes your team a lot better, and he deserves a lot of credit for Orlando being a legitimate team. He's 21. His full name is Paolo Napoleon James Bancaro. Sorry, that's just wild. Uh, okay, who are your wild cards in the East? <laughs> I have Jalen Brunson and Kristaps. Ooh, okay. So this is our first uh, disagreement. I have Donovan Mitchell because you had him in your starter. I had Jalen Brunson, so flip those. I have Trey Young as my last guy. Uh, in the East. I, I understand. I understand because they've been struggling, but as we talked about in, I mean, we're, we talked about it off air, but we're going to talk about as in the West, like some of these guys aren't playing well or their teams aren't great, but they're playing very well. Trey Young's having a monster season. Like he, he was, he had a really rough start to the year, but his splits now are still not great, but comparing like, like I'll, I'll look up the exact stats while you give your argument. He's averaging 27, three and 11 
on 42-36. But if you cut out like the rough start he had, he's been like a monster on offense. And I know they stink and, and I am very much a winning should be the tiebreaker. But like I, I couldn't I just with how well he's been playing, I, I couldn't leave him off mine. But see. yeah, I think Chris stops is playing extremely well. Is like, yeah. On top of that. And his team's I winning. I think Porzingis is one of the more impactful players on the Celtics. I think there's a real difference in the games where he has missed, which there are a lot, which you can make an argument is a chink in the armor there. But Trey Young's inability to have an impact on his team's success kind of sours me. He's a my career guy. I'm not overly impressed by him in terms of what he does for his his teammates. And mm-hmm. I just think Porzingis is such a force for the Celtics. And he's been a fantastic fit in Boston. I, I don't disagree on the Kristaps part. I just, I mean, he's averaging 11 assists though, Trey Young. How, how are you going to say he's not impacting his teammates play? Like he is that offense. He, he runs because that offense. They are. It, it, it hasn't. No, I know it hasn't led to wins this season. I'm not, I'm not saying their, their team has been amazing. They've stunk. I'm admitting that, but I, I don't think it's fair to say he doesn't like, I don't think my career guy is, is fair. Cause I do think he, he makes his teammates better. It hasn't d- directly led to winning. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, I don't think saying Trey Young doesn't make his teammates better is a fair statement, but I- I'm not going to argue like a ton for. I'll Trae argue Young for over, my career um, guy is just because when you play my career, you're going for stats. I don't think that's what Trey Young's doing. I think he's trying to win. It just hasn't worked because the team, like, isn't good. <laughs> um, doesn't help. He can't play defense. He's not a. Yeah, he's not a good defender either. But I, I think his offense is that good. I, I just, I, I think Porzingis plays he's, both sides of the ball. Sure, that's fine. I'm just saying, twenty-seven, three, and eleven. I wanted. I think he should be on the All-Star team over Porzingis. Like, I just all I'm saying. Like, he. He's, if he doesn't get on, there's going to be a big crybaby. Oh, look, Trey Young didn't get on. Like, he he got. It's going to be. Remember when Bradley Beal didn't get on? Sure. Yeah. That's what it'll be. I guess. I don't know. He didn't make it last year either. So I, I don't know if it'll be that he hasn't made it the last or sorry, just last year, but I don't know. I, I just think he's, he's playing better than he did last year. Um, I think the Hawks obviously aren't as good. Uh, that's they're also maybe but... the Tyrese is hurt and they bring in a guard to fill in. So I think that's another way for him to get in. Also possible. I just, I just think his offensive game um, has been really good this year. So uh, I'll rock with them uh, as my last guy. Uh, other guys who probably have a real shout. I have Porzingis, obviously, Derek White, uh, Randall, Barnes, Butler are probably the next five on there. Uh, you can argue the Bulls guys and the Nets guys because they're kind of like sneaking up into that range up there, but it's just so, not, it's not there. I think of, Randall's probably the next guy up. As much as I know you don't like him, like he's I been a lot better. I guess. Yeah, that's fair too. I'm not going to argue it. I just because he's I think he's just great. got that weird grandfathered in name. <clears throat> that goes along with this whole competition or event. Yeah, I understand. And I really I think it. Randall's just like a losing player, even though the Knicks are playing decent ball. It's, it's a Brunson show, not Randall. I, I agree, but I, I refuse to give him credit. He's been a lot better since his rough start to the season, like since the start of December uh, or since the start of uh, like the past few weeks, he's been a lot better, um, especially efficiency wise. I don't know. The stats are there. The Knicks are good. I think he has that case, or at least a very similar case to uh, Jimmy Butler. I think Scotty Barnes has been good, taking a leap this season with the Raptors. I think Derek White also has a shot. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it, but um, 
Yeah, the East. It does feel like there's not enough spots, which I'm sure we'll say a zillion times when we do the Western Conference. But yeah, speaking of that, uh, so so we have just to make it Celtics uh, to wrap it up and put a bow on it. Tatum and Brown is the only Celtics All Stars. You have Porzingis as well. I think Tatum and Brown should be locks, in my opinion. I think there could be question marks with Brown. I think some people might put Scotty Barnes or Julius Randle or Jimmy Butler in there, but I I think Brown's got to be an All Star man. The Celtics are this good. He's been playing his best basketball. Like. I, the only thing I worry about is people not understanding that he's been better, but the stats are down. If that makes sense, like they might just look at the stats and be like, "Oh, a down year," but like it's been an up year. Just there's a lot more people around. I don't think you can have the best record in the NBA and only get one All Star. <laughs> just my take. And no, I also I think one, I don't think Jalen will start, so it'll be the coaches that do this, and I okay. think the coaches yeah. will have an understanding of that. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, th- I just think Porzingis deserves it. He play, he's played well, plays both sides of the ball. Three-point shooting hasn't been great. I would argue... There are holes in his game that you could be like, he hasn't been great at this. I would argue Derek White deserves it more than Porzingis, but that's maybe there's some bias there, but I it think he should get it. Bias. But I think he also deserves... I just... I, I think Porzingis has... Like, you can see the impact, I guess, more clearly, because he's huge. But, like, Derek White is the connector that runs the Celtics. Like, like he is, like, the engine of that team, in my opinion. No, I, I think it's legitimate. I think the problem you run in with Derek White is, wow, like there are like this this many guards ahead of him. Where is Chris Stops? I feel like there's not but that many guys. For the wild card spot, that. so it doesn't matter. Still. I, the guards and forwards don't matter once you get to that last wild card spot. I don't know. It's just an opinion thing. I'm not going to complain either way. Like, I just, I don't know. All right, let's let's uh, let's rock with the West here. I know this is the Celtic section of the pod, but we've already done the East, so let's Wrap it up with the West. Sam, who are your West guards starting? I have Shea and Anthony Edwards. Ooh, I got Shea and Luca. Uh, I I know Ant's been on the best teams, baby. I understand winning should be the tiebreaker, but Luca's stats are like they are outrageous. They're 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 worlds better than Anthony Davis to the point where I think the winning should be it. And for what it's worth, it's not like the Mavs are like bad. Like they're they're six games above five hundred. It's just that the Timberwolves are are better so I, I won't argue it too much i just i just think luca especially with the name value is going to get that starting spot it's true it's it's tough to imagine it'll go any other way but <laughs> i don't know i think anthony is just taking a leap i think him and shago just alexander have been driving their teams to the top of the standings i think they deserve recognition for it sure i'm not you, you would look at like both of those rosters they are solid, but you wouldn't be like, well, that team is just set up to win no matter what. Like coming into the season, we had the Timberwolves way down towards the bottom of the, the play in in, you in did. the playoffs. Would you have them sixth? Uh I had them above the Mavs, is all I know. I had the Mavs out of the playoffs. So well, I, I, I understand anybody, what you're saying. But nobody remotely expected Minnesota to be this good. No, let me see. Or uh, OKC. Yeah, OKC's been great. Shea is absolutely a lock. I, I think Luca's a lock. Realistically, I understand. Like, I'm not going to complain fan will get him in. about Ant. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about Ant above him. But um, I had Minnesota in, I guess, tenth and Dallas in eleventh. So it's not obscene. And you had Minnesota in twelfth and Dallas in tenth. So like around the same level. So I understand what you're saying. I just think it's more of a the Timberwolves defense leading the way for them, and that's not to discredit Ant. And then I, I mean. 34 8 9 on ridiculously it is crazy i just i couldn't look over uh, especially with that three-point shooting up not my career i hate that not at all 
Not, uh, okay. It's not a bad my career, but it's like my career type numbers. This, this is oh, a different sure. use of my career. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I was like, dude. <laughs> uh, he does right. do a little bit of the other my career, but it's it's doing I understand. Right. I understand. Okay, uh, who's your starting front court? So you got to have LeBron because the circle jerk. That's just how it goes. Uh, but Kawhi and Jokic. Okay, sure, fair. Uh, I don't actually have LeBron. Even though I know he will be, Respect. I don't have him in my starters. I had Jokic, Kawhi, and KD. I know the Suns aren't amazing either, but KD's numbers are crazy. They're actually three games above 500 now, so they've been improving. So I threw KD in there. LeBron's going to be the captain. That's it. I know. I LeBron's going to start. <clears throat> LeBron's going to start. But I thought they were doing East West. Oh, yeah. So no captains, but like LeBron's going to get the most votes still. Yeah. Well, um, that sucks. Sad. Okay. Uh, similar with some qualms, but. Uh, guards off the bench. What you got? Lucas, Steph. Okay. I got uh, Steph, Deer, and Fox. I think right. he is. Been also this year. So you don't even have Anthony Edwards as a guard. Wow. No, no he'll be in there, though. Like, he, he's on the team. It's just, um, yeah, he, he'll be there. Don't worry about it. Oh, Spoiler that's alert. Not, that's not fair. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I got Steph, Deer, and Fox. I just think the numbers have been awesome. Um, it is what it is. And I know I know the Timberwolves are winning. I just think it's been a lot of their defense. Not that Ant's numbers haven't been good, but like defense it, matters it's, though. It's more of a collective effort. No, I know. I'm I'm not saying Anthony's defense. I'm saying a team defense. I'm saying I, I think they are more of a team and these individuals are standing out while helping their teams be all right. And Edwards isn't my all-star team. Don't worry about it. And at the end of the day, they don't put all-star starter on your basketball reference page. So no, they don't. Uh okay. Who's your bench front court? KD, who you had as a starter, Anthony Davis, who's grandfathered in, and Brandon Ingram. I hate the Western Conference because Steph Curry, LeBron, KD, and Davis are all on shitty teams, and they're going to get in because they have a legacy. Like Curry's going to get in no matter what, and they're playing amazing. Like like as they, much as they, they are playing much. amazing, but like for what you could say about Trey Young, and from my stance, be like they're not winning. I think that should come up, like when you talk about everybody. Like, I, I think winning in an unbiased way, but it's winning tough. is important for all star and all NBA. But like, as much as that is a fact, like it, it also is just like how good has this player been this season? And and those players have been really good. So I, I think it also has to factor in as, as much as winning, if not more, in some cases. Um, I've got the same, except I have LeBron on the bench instead of KD, which will probably be flip flopped. Um, if anything, Kawhi will probably be on the bench, and KD will be in the starting lineup just because of popularity, but. Uh, yeah, I got AD and Brandon Ingram as well for my other bench uh, forwards. I just thought the Pelicans needed a guy. Like they're they're in the top five. I they, they have to have somebody represent them, and I don't think it should be Zion because mm -hmm. he doesn't stay healthy or play. And no, give Ingram credit; he's been a really steady piece for them, along with McCollum. But he won't get it. I agree. I agree. I'll rock with. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'm rocking with Ingram too. I think he he's got a real chance, and I think he deserves it. Okay, um, last two. Who are your wild cards? My, you already know one of mine is Ant, but who'd you got? So I have Fox. You had you had Edward. Yeah, oh, you had Fox sure. in the bench spot. I I have uh, yeah on the wild card. And I have Jamal Murray. I think Murray's due. I think they're gonna give him like the oh this guy hasn't been an All Star yet treatment. He's gonna get it. And okay. I mean it doesn't really matter for his contract because it's not all NBA, but he needs that. And little like tidbit to that is he's already missed like a bunch of games due to a hamstring strain. So if he misses like three mm. more games, he can't get that super max for Denver. So keep your eyes on that. But I, I think he might get in. That's fair. I didn't even, I didn't even have him on here. That's somebody I forgot, but I had ant as well. And then I had Sabonis. I, I'm putting Sabonis there. Yeah, I think Sabonis the deserves a shout. 
his stats have been awesome this year. He's averaging 20, 13, and 8 on 61, 41 shooting. Like, he's playing great. <laughs> he's really good. And he is the offensive engine of that team, as amazing as Fox has been. So I went with Sabonis. I do think – so before we got on, or maybe right as we got on, I was saying I forgot this person, but I really wanted to put this person in. I forgot about Sabonis, and I had to put him in. I really wanted to put Alper and Shangun on my all-star team. That is who I – unfortunately had to leave off so that's the guy shangun has become the i know basketball more than you guy to say is good but i like him like <laughs> he's good he, he has been like you see all like the people on twitter like trying to prove they know ball because they're like shangun mm. look, look out yeah for shangun. but i was talking to a friend the other day watching the games and we were trying to go through and we talked about this on uh talking seas you know where does he rank amongst big guys and like cat was a guy he was like put up against they have the mm-hmm. same counting stats, except Shangun has more assists. Then who? Who is this? He said Cat. Cat. Yeah, <clears throat> I see it. I think they have different roles too, but yes, I mean they're and pretty. Shangun is the best player on the Rockets team. <clears throat> Definitely. Uh, I had Shangun. I think Harden and Paul George both deserve a chance too. The Clippers have been really good for a long time now. I had Harden now. and took him off for Murray. <clears throat> I think Murray is equally. I think Cat and Rudy. Um, and then I have one B two, but they just, they suck. They, that's too bad. And I think Lori with the way the jazz has been playing deserves a small shout, but I just don't think the stats uh, or the success is there as much as it was last season. So, all right, there we go. We have the same teams, except you had Jamal Murray and I had Sabonis. Uh, and then in the East, we had the same teams, except you had Porzingis and I had Trey young. So look at that. Pretty. We're pretty in sync. Look at that. That's, that's good. Good for us. Nice. <laughs> all right. Let's uh let's move on over to the email here. Now, you might be wondering, why haven't they done what's popping yet? Well, we're going to do what's popping during the email check-in now. Uh, we got a comment about it saying maybe it'll improve retention. We said, you know what? That makes sense. Let's try it. So we're going to do what's popping at the start of the email section now. So if you'd like to see if you won what's popping, make sure to stay through the video uh, and check it out of the email section. We got 10, 11, sorry, entries today. Um, Big boy so wheel. Let's see. Big wheel. Sorry, Pete. Pete, uh, Piston Pete. <laughs> we'll call him Piston Pete because he just can't catch a dub. Pete. Uh, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, <laughs> poor guy. Uh, we love you, Pete. Thank you for entering and keep He entering was none too pleased known. to be compared I know. To <laughs> I don't blame him. Let's spin this wheel. See who's winning some popcorn this episode. Uh, I hope it is Pete. Me too. I'm rooting for him. Where is he? Oh, oh. Hey, Pete. He's beating Congratulations. He's not the Pistons. What a beast. Pete, you know what to do. Email us at hbtcpod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get you hooked up with a gift card for popcorn. Same thing for Chris Anderson because Tibbs gave you his popcorn. So, Chris, email us as well. And if you'd like to be entered, comment what's popping on this video or email us saying what's popping. Speaking of emails. Okay. Yeah, speaking of Hold emails, let's jump on over to it. Starting with RJ from one day ago after the Rockets game. What's popping? Here's the scary part. Even folks, that was a palate cleanser game. The Celtics did a good job of playing the physicality and all the defense of the Rockets or playing through it. 
uh, and the defense of the Rockets in the first quarter. Nothing spectacular, just consistent ball. What I liked was even when the Rockets forced a turnover or two, the Seas just kept working their plan until they started wearing the Rockets down. I mentioned the scary part. This wasn't an exceptional game by the Celtics. They played their game. The Rocket played theirs. And the 48 minutes later, the Celtics put up 145 points and won by 32. Okay, 24 or 47 from deep is special, but none of the threes felt like they were either very difficult or super wide open. Everyone looked comfortable taking their shots in the flow of the offense. Just imagine what this team will look like when they are dialed in for a full 48. By the time you read this, I'll have my answer to how the crowd responded when former coach Udoka was introduced. For context, it was a mix of boos and cheers. I noticed during the broadcast, neither Mike nor Scow referred to him by name much, if at all. 39 overall, 19-0 at home. Like the sound of that. Be well, RJ. Yeah, good. I thought they did play well, though. I thought they were good. I understand what RJ is saying. Like they gave up a 30 point first quarter to the Rockets. Like the shot, sure. like, like the, the Rockets felt like they were playing okay defense. And then Jalen Brown hit a couple tough shots and got out in transition. Like, but I, I do think the Celtics, I mean, they put up the second most points. They put up the season. Like that can't be a bad game. Well, no, no. I mean, like Jalen had like 30 points on 11 of 15. It was awesome. He like, was awesome. They simply just didn't miss. I do think there's a point to be made with the defense. So I was watching the game and I was like, this needs to tighten up eventually. There's a lot of times lately where the Celtics have given up a ton of points. And they've lost yeah. because of it a few times. They lost to Pacers. Uh, they lost to OKC because they couldn't get stops. And it sucks because there's a lot of times where they play great in offense, but it's just all for naught. Yeah. It's a big part I, of the Bucks I... loss too. <laughs> The defense in the Bucks game was unacceptable. That can't happen. Again, you understand it because of the back-to-back and all that stuff. And the Rockets were on a back-to-back in this game, I suppose. But um, yeah. I, I'm also be- sick of hearing people bitch about the back-to-backs. I know that's not what you were doing, but I'm it's really less sick bitching. of it. It's less bitching. And I mean, at least in, in the case of, I think, most of the media who brings it up, it's less bitching and more like they're tired. Like they're just going to be more tired in this game than they would have been if they had a day's arrest. So, I mean, it's just... The Celtics are what six and two on back to back, six and three after Milwaukee. Like they're still winning. Sure, no, it's not an excuse, and I, I mean, I'm not discrediting the Bucks. The Bucks absolutely deserve to win that game, but it, you can't tell me it didn't factor in. You can't tell me they weren't like at all more time. Like the Bucks were coming off two days of rest, and the Celtics were coming off an overtime win over one of the best, most physical defenses in the league. Like it's not an excuse for how they played, but it's definitely a reason why they were probably a little bit tired. Like it's a factor, but I'm just yeah. seeing a lot of it lately, and it's annoying me. That's all. It's like no, I people are acting like this is some new thing. They they play back. They used to play three games in a row. Sure, sure. And I'd be curious to see what some of those stats were in terms of blowouts versus. I remember back-to-back. the Celtics won one in triple overtime on a back to back to back. It's not impossible, but I'm just saying it, it's definitely can play a factor. Um, all right, <clears throat> next email from Philip Hart. Uh, pace is overrated. Hey, fellas, as always, thank you for the great talk content. Happy birthday, Philip. Uh, I have been a big, yeah. <laughs> I've been a big believer. Hold on, let me, let me, for for Philip's email only. Let me, let me find the fucking the happy birthday layout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, happy, I, happy birthday from HBTC. Yeah, you here we go, Philip. It was our birthday, so we can party too. Hey, new listeners are lost. Uh, hey, fellas, as always, thank you for the great content. I've been a big believer in pace this year. Joe has got me thinking about it a lot. A couple weeks ago, I did an analysis on pace, but then Joe spoke about trying to improve the pace, so I waited to add to the analysis. Despite his emphasis on a faster pace, the numbers haven't changed in terms of how pace affects winning. This is not in-depth, meant to highlight how pace is not exactly what it is touted to be. For context, pace in the league ranges from slowest, 96.7, to fastest, 103.5. 
In Celtics wins, we average uh, 98.88. In losses, average is 100.13. That's a major difference. Appears we hold a slower pace in our wins, but that could be due to garbage time slowing us down. Let's look by quarter. Quarter, let's compare winning game versus losses. So in the first quarter, I like this. This is really well put together, Philip. Uh, in the first quarter, 102.13 pace in wins, 102.89 pace in losses, almost equal <clears throat> when we start a win or loss. Second quarter, 98.67 in wins, 102.67 in losses. Uh, third quarter, 99.67 in wins, 98.22 in losses. Uh, fourth quarter, 95.0 in wins, 96.89 in losses. Charted, it looks like this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this nice chart. <clears throat> Excuse me, that Philip put together for wins and losses. Uh, it appears that generally we are slower in wins, especially in the second quarter. Given our third quarters are problematic, it's worth noting that when we win, we manage to bump up the pace a little, suggesting perhaps that control of pace is more important than actually playing fast or slow. Has me wondering, does pace even positively correlate with wins? The answer is no. Pace has a moderate negative correlation, uh, minus 0.19 with wins across the entire league this season. Essentially, the teams that with more wins have a slower pace. That's the reality of this season so far. But it worries me that Joe and other bright minds think of pace differently. Can either of you shed some light on this? Uh, is there a reason for these numbers? Or is Joe just wrong about pace being important to our offense? All the best, Phil. This was really well put together. Shout out, Phil. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, Happy birthday. Uh, I, I think... In my opinion, I think the reason you're seeing, first of all, first quarter, pace being the fastest, one, they have the freshest legs, but two, I think the first quarter is very Jalen heavy, and Jalen loves running with the ball. So Jalen is is often looking to push it. Um, I think the third quarter being a little bit faster is, like what you said, controlling the pace rather than losing it. And a lot of the times, the Celtics are up going into the third quarter. So if they get out pace, like if they are going at a slower pace and the other team is going, like I think the momentum can hurt the Celtics a little bit. Um, that said, I think the reason with pace across the league, a lot of the best teams in the league, at least in my opinion, I'm curious to know your thoughts too. A lot of the best teams in the league have guys who play at a slow pace. Like the Nuggets have Jokic. He is better in the half court and bead better when you post him up. Giannis better in like the pick and rolls in the half court. It's like he can get out in transition, but that team probably wants to play in the half court. Dame Giannis pick and roll, slow it down. The Celtics for as good as they are when they run the ball, they are great when they play in the half court and hunt mismatches because they have five goddamn all-stars on the floor. So when you're running pick and rolls in the half court and getting switches that you like, it's easier to find the offense you like. Um, like other good teams, like the Thunder, you see Shea. Shea leads the league in transition offense, so maybe that's a, a exception, but like he just murders teams in pick and rolls. You can't do anything. So I think there is a, a something to say about the best teams, just having stars that play best in half court offense rather than pushing it. Um, I don't know though. I do think playing fast can be better purely because like transition opportunities are easier than half court opportunities most of the time. But I think it's just realistically another part of this could be, teams are making more shots now. So you're just not seeing as much transition opportunities for the pace to go up, but curious to know what you think about all this. Sam. Well, I think you made a good point with the the star players being able to slow the game down and still be effective. And I think that might be why you see a general correlation where the pace indicates yeah. a, a negative trend. The teams that have less talent have to rely on running more in order to try and win. Really good point. Yeah, a team like the Celtics can still rely on what uh, on running and, and still be playing well. I think it does translate to wins in, in positive basketball because they're turning teams over, they're getting out, they're catching them off guard. 
I don't necessarily yeah. care for the what actually the stats say. I still think it's a good method of playing. Well, yes, I will say the stats do support what you were saying about the worst teams having to get out and run. Uh, the Bucks do play really fast. They're fourth in the league in pace, so I guess I was sort of wrong there. However, the other four uh, top teams in pace, number one, Wizards, number two, Pacers, number three, Spurs, number five, Hawks. Some of those teams not very good. <laughs> they right. gotta play pretty fast. And then the slowest teams in pace is kind of a mix. So it's like Bulls, Heat, Nuggets, Suns, Clippers. Like some of those teams are really good. The Clippers love to run the pick and roll with Harden, so they slow it down. The Heat have Bam, Hero, and Jimmy. But then a lot of the best teams in the league find themselves right in the middle because they integrate a healthy mix of getting out in transition while also, you know, going to their half court offense. So I don't know if pace being overrated is necessarily the right thing. Like Sam said, like it's still a good thing when you, you get be out able there to do and you run. Yeah, but I also thing. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's what we'll, we'll, we'll land on here. Thank you, Philip. Uh, and as always, happy birthday. Great email, by the way. The chart's great. I, I really like this. This is interesting. Uh, <clears throat> next email from RJ. What's popping? Halfway there to halfway there. Afternoon, fellas. Long weekend and close enough to the midway point of the season to kick the tires in the year so far and look ahead. The Athletic penciled the Celtics at 57 and 25 for the season as best in the East, and I don't recall anyone else having them cracking 50 wins. I think we were, I think I was around like 58, 59. Sam might have said 60. I uh, think Stand by. Uh, they could, they should at this point. With a very real chance of hitting the break at 32 and 9 and continued improvements by the regular rotation in playing uh, together along with, at some point, Drew Holiday remembering how to finish at the rim. Makes me think that 62 to 65 wins are not out of the question. Starting six have been individually consistent all year, and they uh, are starting to get more comfortable playing reflexively as a team to unlock even more success. Best of all, it seems like all top nine rotation players want to put in the rest to get to a higher level. Uh, other improvements will come from the bench. Joining the Celtics under Coach Missoula means a commitment to learning uh, and executing the defensive principles he's enforcing as much as players like Brissett, Kata, and Banton have been providing energy and burst. Extended minutes will come from hitting their marks defensively. I think they're capable of doing so. A lack of minutes for them seems, in my opinion, more to stem from them not having fully mastered the basics of the team defense rather than them not having the ability to do so, either physically or mentally. My gut hunch for why Stevens and Sphere are further down the list is that they may be uh, unlearning habits they had from previous stops. Just like Coach Missoula stretches the margins, I think that's where you see the Celtics make their move in the trade market. I doubt they want to ship out any of their top nine, so that leaves the bundles of Svee and Stevens and Banton along with attractive draft capital to pry loose another team's youngster who has favorable skills and a favorable contract to fill the end of the bench with Jordan Walsh, along with the converting contracts of Keita and Drew Peterson to regular deals. I don't know about that. Uh, I guess once you trade, if you trade some of those guys, sure. Excuse me, I'm not plugged in enough to other teams. And their lineups to suggest who might be coming back to Boston. But that's the shape of the deal that I think is most likely. There's even also the ever-popular bring Blake back option, which has real merits for the back end of the regular season as he knows the system players and what's expected of him. Ultimately, uh, getting to the regular season finish line with good health and good team chemistry just starts the meter running on the ultimate goal. The Celtics are in solid position to win both 60-plus games and not burn themselves out doing so. I've yet to see anything in this year's team that worries me long-term. Sorry for being long-winded. I'll go for pithy next time. Be well, RJ. I think I got through that email pretty well. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I, I was ready to go slip up the a inhaler, few times. Buddy. Whew, uh, no, good. I, I think the point you made at the end of Nothing that worries you long term is true. And Joe had a great quote uh, after the Rockets game where he said, I think the healthy space to live in is knowing we're good, but understanding that we can always be better. And that was like, hell yeah, Joe. 
Hell yeah. No, Joe gets it. And and we talked about this with Bobby. It really feels like he's a perfect coach for this team in terms of mindset because yes. all of these players are sacrificing so they can excel in the areas they're best at. And then on the side of those things, they have other skills that are not perfected. If they're all able to improve on their weak points, the team will just continue to be better. And I also believe that rather than looking at actual trade, shout out to Pete who says you don't hit on 21. You just want to improve internally. I know you're sick of hearing me say O'Shea Brissett, but if he's able to give them something shooting, it's just an example of he gives you a lot of great things aside from that. If you're able to rely on him just a little bit to knock down threes, that's a new guy you unlock for playoff minutes. If he's not able Mm. to knock down threes, then you might as well not put him out there because teams will just say, go ahead, buddy. Keep throwing him up. Somebody like Cornette, if he could just move his feet a bit quicker or if the team can figure out how to maximize his size without having him get switched on the perimeter. Those are Mm. all things that you can do to make your team better. It doesn't have to be, oh, go get this super sick guy that makes $6 million that can fit in the TPE. I want to drown myself when I hear someone talk about (laughs) trades. It's awful. I will say, backing your point about Brissett and the playoffs and, and the shooting thing, I do think there is a world where he could potentially get playoff minutes in spite of his shooting. I don't think it's likely, but I do think he has done a great job of impacting offense without standing on the three-point line, sitting in the dunker spot, always being cutting, never like stopping moving. That way teams can't target him as much. I, I still don't think he ever develops a three-point shot, unfortunately. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I, I hate to, I truly it's like okay. that. It's you okay. Can, you can have that stand. <laughs> I like... um. I really like Brissett as a player. I just, I can't back the notion that, oh yeah, he's going to, you know, develop the shot. Like I just, it's just not going to happen. Unfortunately, it doesn't Um, happen for a lot of guys, but I I just think it's possible. I think we've seen enough guys grow as three point shooters, especially with the transition of the league. I know it's a bit different for younger guys like Brissett. Brissett's what? 25, 26. He's not very old. And he came into the league in its current state where three point shooting is a must. But somebody like Al Horford came in the league never shooting threes, and he became somebody you can trust to take threes in the playoffs and also in big moments. That's something you can learn. I don't think it's impossible. I just, like, it depends on your definition of reliable three-point shooter. Like, I don't think he's ever going to shoot 36% on more than two a night. You know what I'm saying? Like, which is whatever, but I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough, it's a tough slope, man. Because I, I don't know. I don't want to give up faith on him. I think he's a really good player, and I think he does a lot of great things. And I think shooting is just such an easy-ish thing to learn it's, because it's, it's just repetition. I understand that, but I just – it it's easy in theory, but I, I think it's harder from individual to individual. Do you know what I'm saying? Like sure. if you don't have it, like there's just – you don't have it. Anyway, I'm not saying I, it's going to happen. I'm just saying I, I think it could. I, I'm not like giving up hope. I understand. And it doesn't I mean just, this year either. Sure, sure. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens. I like Brissett for what it's worth. This isn't me trying to, to crap on him. I really do like him as a player. And he's an awesome person, too, for what it's worth. Like, he's super funny. He's super fun to watch off the court. So, like, credit to him and shout out to him. But I, I just don't know if I can get there on the will eventually become, you know, what you're saying. But anyways, I don't know how this turned into O'Shea Brissett talk. But uh, let's get back to the email. Last email we got for the day is from RJ once again. <clears throat> What's popping from Red on Round Ball? To Mike Brown on blown calls. Evening, guys. I learned about basketball in part by watching old halftime segment in the 70s called Red on Round Ball, which was hosted by Red Auerbach, who would walk through basketball skills and strategy with NBA stars of the day. 
Mike Brown's press conference film session was impressive, both in its educational detail and his calm demeanor. Red would have been proud of how he was able to illustrate his point to fans and media. Question is, was he able to educate Adam Silver about the referee problem? Addendum. I was looking for a clip of Red segment and happened to find one where he's talking about incidental contact. Mendy Rudolph was the former head of NBA officials when this was filmed. Uh, on the Pistons wizard trade uh, front, I'm a fan, or excuse me, I'm a Pistons fan. If I'm a Pistons fan, do I get excited about Moose and Gallo? Will Detroit try to suit them up? Uh, suit up the extra cap space or maybe put in the piston Peyton suit and make it a new mascot. Sam, I know you got to be turning handstands as the Pistons maintain the integrity of the game. Be well. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, referees. I still, I still need to watch the Mike Brown clip for what it's worth. I have slacked. I have been busy. I but... haven't watched what you said, but I know what happened. Yeah. Expect. Uh, referees. I'm kind of sick of people like complaining about the refs. <laughs> I understand why Mike Brown did it because he got himself ejected. I know why Tatum got ejected. I know why it was a talking point from the Rockets game. And I'm not saying that referees should not be accountable. But again, like the the bitching about the refs has started to like really climb up higher than it usually is. And at the end of the day, you just can't let the refs dictate the game. And if you did, you didn't play well enough. It's part of it. It's not they're humans, they make errors. I don't know if you can replace NBA officials with robots like they want to do in baseball. So I don't know if that's an option. I do like, I I think there is some accountability that needs to be there, but I'm kind of sick of the crying. Like it's starting to get old. It's been a really wild, like two or three weeks with the refs. You had the LeBron pointing at the monitor. You had uh, the Pacers game with the Celtics. You had uh, Darko, the Raptors coach light him up. after. There have been some bad, bad ones. There have been some really bad ones. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it is what it is. I feel like you get uh, you get sick of things if they're mentioned more than twice. <laughs> Not more <laughs> than team. twice, but I do get sick of them. Like I get sick of stuff probably faster <laughs> than the average person. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to the NBA section of the show. Let's see what we've got to talk about. Uh, or I guess start with the NBA standings check in. I'm forgetting our own uh, our own rundown here. It's going over the NBA standings. See how players have been playing around the league. Thank you, sir, for changing the background. <clears throat> and let's check here. Top of the East. Wins, wins, and more wins. Celtics have won their last one as of the Sixers. Bucks have won three in a row. Cavs, four in a row. They're all the way up to fourth in the East. And the Heat have won two in a row. Uh, but as Sam said, four through seven are all seven games back. They all have effectively the same record, the same yep. winning percentage. Um, Heat, Pacers, Knicks, and then the Cavs, who are up in fourth. Uh, Magic fallen out of there. They've lost three in a row. They're struggling. Uh, and then the bottom of the East. <clears throat> yeah, not great. And credit the Pacers, I will say. They Best lost spot. last night to the Nuggets. But, like, they had won, I think, all of their games after the Halliburton injury until the Nuggets last night. So, like, they've been keeping up w- without Halliburton. So, credit to them. Uh, and the bottom of the East is just bad. It's just real bad. I will say, Big game the tonight. weird... Uh, who is it? Oh, yeah. Pistons, Pistons Wizards. <clears throat> I will say... I credit the Bulls because they are sort of separating themselves from the bottom tier of the East. They're not at the magic in terms of the top eight yet, but like they are in this weird, like they're probably a little better than the Nets and them below, but they're just not at the next. So like it's, it's weird. The Bulls have always been in this weird spot. They'll probably end up rebuilding, which is good, but they are not as bad as they were at the start of the season. So credit to them. Pistons wizard 63, 62 at the break. We have a classic on our hands. Heater. Sam, I will say, would you rather the Pistons win or would you rather they lose their eighth game in a row so we get closer to that 10 win mark where we can? I want them to lose. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no. I want them to keep losing. <clears throat> just checking. Just making sure. Just making sure. All right. Uh, out West, top of the West is winning. Timberwolves two in a row. Thunder four in a row. Nuggets two in a row as well. Clippers just lost their game, but they're eight and two in the last 10. They are on fire. Uh, speaking of on fire, Jazz down in ninth. They're fully in the play-in race now. They've passed the Warriors, Lakers, and Rockets and have won five games in a row. They're above 500. They are on fire. Uh, Happy Thunder have won two. Good for the Jazz, man. They've been great. Like it, it's crazy to watch them. I think the Jazz are like a sneaky leap team to watch. Maybe not this year, but with Danny, he might do something ahead of the deadline if he really believes in these guys. Like we've seen him be willing to do it in the past, where he brought in Isaiah Thomas because he thought it was a good fit, and it got the Celtics into the playoffs. I think heading into the summer, they have plenty of assets they can use if they have a few guys they like, and they're like, let's get him some help. I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that they've kind of done this two years in a row. Like last year, they started off really well, and then they kind of trickled off as they started to offload pieces. I don't know. Yeah, I, I hope they keep winning because they're not the Lakers. So that's one more team above them. <laughs> I will say they do have all the picks in the world to work with. So like they got the Timberwolves and Cavs futures to, to work with in trades. <laughs> so, unfortunately not looking like the best picks of all time Cavs no, one's but... more valuable than the Timberwolves I'll say that because there's a lot of like hey Mitchell might not play there anymore <laughs> yeah but even if they're not the best like first in terms of picks like they can trade them like the, if you bundle a bunch of those together you can get some decent players with pieces etc they've got a good team shout out the Jazz uh, it's, it's for the bottom of the West 10 through 15 have all lost their last game the Rockets 4 and 6 in their last 10 they're struggling Lakers Warriors 3 and 7 in their last 10 yeah. Uh, and right. the bottom of the East, uh, Grizzlies just, I mean, they can't catch a break, man. Like, like Desmond Tank Bain got hurt. On per yeah, it's happening. Like, like I don't think this was the plan even after the jaw thing. Like, I think they were still like, all right, let's get Brown or Bain and Jaren reps. Soon as Bain goes down, you're like, all right, this is cooked. I was watching their game against the Knicks today because I was bored and I was just like, let me throw on an NBA game. <sighs> they they don't have much. <laughs> they don't got much going on in Memphis. I watched Jacob Gilliard, Luke Kennard, David Roddy, Vince Williams, and Xavier Tillman try to beat the Knicks for 20 minutes. And I was like, let me turn this off. <laughs> they played well, but it was just like, this is cooked, man. Poor I feel bad for them. There's the most unlucky season of the year by far. They will be just That's rough. <clears throat> They'll be fine moving forward. It's just this year after they made that trade for Smart. I feel bad for Smart is who I feel bad for. That's I feel bad for Smart. This is good for Memphis. Unless these injuries like really kind of hinder these guys going forward, it's good for them. They're going to have an extra guy on their team that's presumably going to be somewhat talented. Not going to be making a ton of money with the new CBA being in place. That's important. It's not the worst thing ever. It's not. I just realized you put uh, "Rip the Grizzlies" on the uh, on the chat here, so I that's guess fine. this is our yeah. this is our Grizzlies section. Like. So unlucky, man. You knew like it was going to be a tough hurdle to overcome with the jaw suspension going in, but like Stephen Adams out for the year, then Bain now Marcus. is hurt for a long time. Marcus hurt for like, oh my god! And then Jaw comes back, gets hurt six games later. What are you going to do, man? That's just that's horrible. That's brutal. Poor poor Memphis. They'll, they'll be okay, like you said, but like it's just just not the season they envisioned when they made that trade to to push ahead with with Marcus. Um. Speaking of not the season they envisioned, the Pistons uh, probably didn't envision being what is their no, record right now? They thought they, they are three. <laughs> they're three and thirty six, which is like that's impressively terrible. Like that that is yes. like that is not. Yeah, you're a pretty bad team. Go to the lottery. That is like how the hell have you won three games? Like 
what are we doing? I, like, I really wish they lost to that Raptors so we could still be talking about the longest losing streak in NBA history. But now, like, they don't even have that going for them anymore. They're just losers. Like, they're not even cool losers. They're just bums, which sucks. The, the weird thing about the Pistons is that when they were desperate at the end of the losing streak there, they actually played good ball. Like, when they played yeah. the Celtics, they were really tough to play against. And right now, Cade's hurt. So you do have to, like, take that into account and be like, well, if Cade was playing, they might be slightly better, but they're still 3-36. and 36, And they still lost a zillion games in a row with Cade playing. But when yeah. they were actually a difficult opponent at the end of the losing streak, it was because of Cade. He was balling out. He was scoring a lot of points. And he was doing it pretty efficiently. So he looks like, at the very least, he's going to be something worth them keeping around for a while. Now... The reason why we brought up the Pistons is because they did make that sick trade with the Wizards to offload Marvin Bagley <laughs> and Isaiah did. Livers. And they brought in the two former Celtics, Muscala, Danilo Gallinari, who is a very difficult name to pronounce. Clearly. But net gain from Marvin Bagley is they traded some picks to get him, and then they traded even more picks to get rid of him. Tough. <laughs> yeah. Tough. Not great for that. It looks like they're trying to clear up cap space for next summer. To that, I ask. To get Siakam. Yeah. yeah. Who, are you getting? <laughs> who are you getting there, pal? Uh, I saw Cam Tabatabai in front of the pod say congrats on the Pistons uh, for signing Gordon Hayward and Buddy Heald next summer. <laughs> it's just like all time. Like, past Siakam, who said he didn't want to sign an extension and hit the open market. Like, he wants to hit the open market. Like, Tobias Harris is going to be free agent, so maybe they want him. Um Gordon Hayward, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, Buddy Heald, Mike Conley. What are we doing? Uh, Detroit, come on. Please, like, wh what are we doing? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Why? Why is, like, in, in an era where cap space matters less than ever, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, they just... I guess Pistons fans are happy Isaiah Livers is off the team because they fucking hated that guy. <laughs> But, um, yeah, they they would say yeah. I don't know why this man is playing. His numbers were not very good. He's but... shooting. He's he's averaging. Let's see, twenty minutes a night, five points, two rebounds, one assist, shooting thirty four and a half, twenty eight point six. <sighs> not great. Not very good. For Isaiah Lovers, he doesn't do this. He didn't do nothing except be bad. What are they cooking? <laughs> what are they cooking? What are they cooking? Not much. They're cereal is what they're cooking up in Detroit. They put uh, hot dogs anyways. in the microwave without putting holes in them. That's fucked up. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the show. Mike Brown went on a fun rant. Would you call it a rant? Even though he didn't like yell um, after the game, after the Kings bucks game, which the bucks blew and then the Kings blew. So it was like, you know, let us, let us hand you an overtime That's appearance, but then the Kings will hand them over the, the overtime one. Um, Mike Brown went on a rant after the game about officiating. Uh, it was five minutes long, so we're not going to watch the video, but he pulled up a laptop. Uh, I'll, I'll show you an example. We'll pull it up on the pod, but we're, we're not going to watch the whole video because it's long. Um, you can listen to the initial part of it, though. Let's let's take a look at Mr. Mike Brown, who I love Mike Brown. He's, he's I like he, Mike Brown. He says it like it is. Can't hear him. I just want to... Uh, no, now I can. Now I can. Now I can. Now I can. Show you guys why I got kicked out of the game <laughs> right here. This is in the first. Uh, this is. This is the craziest thing. Is just to whip out the laptop. <laughs> it he is all ready. time. I saw someone say that uh, Pat Bev walked so Mike Brown could run with the camera. Yep. Puts his hand on uh, 
Well, he got ejected in crazy fashion. Like he okay. ran out on the court. He push yeah. He this is incidental contact, by the way. Like by definition. At half, we were down, I think, nineteen to five in the free throws. Nineteen to five. I know that happens sometimes, but that's very frustrating. When at the end of the half, at the end of the half, from what I get get get, get told all the time, Malik drives. Uh, uh, Lopez comes over and goes vertical with the forearm down here. Now, from what the NBA tells me, the rule is if you go vertical, you got to have two hands up. Because mm. Domus has his hand down here a lot, and they call him for it every time, and they always tell us, well, you got a forearm here. And they said that they said that tonight, they said the forearm could be here as long as it's not extended. So I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are. I like how, like RJ said in the email, I love how calmly he was just like, this is what happened. This is why I'm mad. This is bullshit. Like, just yelling. Yeah. You're not yelling, but like getting angry and respect. Well, that's how you maintain credibility, too. Because if you just go out there and you're really mad, like Darko, the Raptors coach, he was none funny, though. He was, he was so funny. funny but like everyone's just like, ha ha. And that was it. But then yeah. the Lakers didn't shoot a lot of free throws. Everyone was like crying. <laughs> so. Shout out to, uh, What's it called? Shout out to Mike Brown, though. He's a beast. What a legend. Uh, all right. Next thing we got. Lots of players now trade eligible. So because it is January 15th, players who a lot of players who signed deals at certain points in the offseason or signed extensions at certain point in the offseason last summer uh, are now eligible to be traded. Sam put it together. Thank you, Sam. Uh, I'm going to rip them off and then we can talk about like who is most likely to be traded. That type of stuff. How <laughs> all right. Cam Johnson, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Kobe White, Iota Sunmu, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, Brooke Lopez, Herb Jones, Mo Wagner, Paul Reed, Jeremy Grant, Matisse Tybel, Trey Lyles, Trey Jones, Yaka Pertle, Kyle Kuzma. Now, Sam, you put asterisks next to Miles Bridges, Paul Asterix Reed, Matisse Tybel. were guys that can't veto trades <clears throat> at all. So everybody else on this list can veto a trade. Or maybe it's can veto them. I don't know. Okay, understandable. I, I see what you mean. Um, there's something there. I, I It's probably can veto because I don't think, I don't know why Cam or PJ or Kobe White would be able to veto a trade. Um, so it's probably can veto. Miles Bridges. It definitely, it definitely is can veto because Miles Bridges accepted like uh, a bird rights or a qualifying offer. So that means he was on the team. Yes. So that is definitely what it is. They can veto trades. Um, of these guys, any of the Lakers players, because the Lakers like to yep. make trades, like, I don't think Austin Reeves gets moved, but it's possible. Rui Hachimura's, I would bet the, the house on him being traded. Um, past that, I don't I don't know how many of these guys would actually be traded. Maybe Tybal, maybe Kuzma. I don't know past that. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. Nobody's in a trade for Miles Bridges. PJ Washington, maybe, but of these guys, none of the names are super appealing. I it's do just going to be a Lakers thing where it's like, how do we get more free guys? Oh, Hachimura makes $18 million. I have a question. So the Kings are a team that want to make a trade, clearly, right? Like they want to make a move. Zach Levine has been the name that's been brought up. If you're the Kings, would you rather trade for Zach Levine or Jeremy Grant, realistically? Depends how much you believe in Zach Levine. Hmm. Because he sucks and he's not a winning player, but he's also never really had a great team. And if he was on the Kings, it would be interesting to see how he fits with some of the but other top tier guys they have. Yeah. Whereas has ever had a great team though. Like I know he was on those Nuggets teams and he was a good role player on those teams, but it's like, well, since, that's the thing. Since, that's the difference. But since he's been like a significant, like give the ball to him, have something happen player. Like he hasn't. 
Well, I think that's where you run into the issue. It's like Jeremy Grant. Well, actually, no, no, no. They both have bad contracts, but Jeremy Grant is kind of proving like he's not going to be a focal point of a winning team. He's just not. But I think he could be a good third option is my point. And I, I think he's a much better defender than I think he'd be an upgrade from Harrison Barnes effectively. Like he'd be a significant upgrade from Harrison okay. Barnes. He's averaging 21, three and two on 45, 41 splits from uh, this season. And that's pretty impressive considering the Blazers suck and he probably doesn't have a ton of space to work with. I don't know. Again, I agree that I think it depends on you. It depends on how much you believe in, in Zach Levine and his ability to impact the offense on a winning level. But I do think that's an interesting argument because I saw his name on here and I'm like, yeah, his contract's bad. But like, is it as bad as Zach Levine's? Like, like realistically, he makes 27. He's make 29, 32, 34, and then a $36 million player option. Meanwhile, Levine uh, has one less, one fewer years on his deal. Uh, or yeah, one fewer year on his deal, but it's 40, 43, 46, then 49. So like at that point, is is that is Jeremy Grant's 34 mil and 26 27 going to be as bad as it sounds right now? I don't know. I I just thought that was interesting when I saw his name on this list. It's a very random thing, but I'm like, hmm. it just made me like perk my ears up a little bit. So with Zach Levine, this is my take. I think his contract sucks, but yes, I think his fit with the Kings isn't bad. Sure. And I think if he joins the Kings and plays well, then that contract is no longer untradeable. Because you can convince somebody like, hey, look, he can play. Jeremy Grant, if he goes to the Kings, may play well, but he's going to do it in more of a role player fashion. And I don't think you're going to be out there convincing people that they want to trade for an aging guy making 36 on a player option as he's in his mid to late 30s. But I don't think the Kings should be trading for somebody with the idea of, okay, can we trade this guy in the future? I think they they should do it. In hopes of okay, can this guy bring us over the top and put us in they the ultimately top four case? And so my thing there, I understand the value of having an extra shot creator in the playoffs, and I think that's huge. But I just, I don't know. I'd almost rather have like uh, Grant because at that point you're trading the trade package is going to be like Barnes, Herder, and like picks, right? And at that point, would you rather trade those guys for another guard who can't defend? or a forward who can be a secondary shot creator when you need him to be and also defend. I think it's very close and I'm not like saying you're wrong for Levine. I think Levine would be like, the, I think he does fit well in the Sacramento, but I, I think that could be a good spot for Grant too. I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting. It's weird. The, the only reason but, I bring up the money in, in the tradableness of it is you do like have to take that into account when you think of like, is this contract bad? Because right now Chicago can't trade Zach Levine pretty much because everyone thinks he sucks and the contract sucks. If he goes to Sacramento and plays well, that's no longer the case, even if they don't want to get rid of him. Mm. If they decide it might be time to rebuild or like what, like say it doesn't go well after a couple years, right? It, say, say he joins and they play well and they advance a round or two and people are like, whoa, look at that. He's better than we all thought. There's more of a chance for getting return on investment than Zach Levine in, in him than it with Jeremy Grant. I know that's not the only reason you're doing the trade, and that's not what I'm saying. It's a nice safety net. I understand. I don't know. I I, I might have. I, I think it's really close. Um, that'd be interesting. I'm very curious to see what the Kings do at the deadline. They're going to be one of the like, in my opinion, one of the top teams to watch uh, as we go here because like they're really good right now. And if they can get a little bit better, like 
like they could win a playoff series or two. Like they're a really good team. Like I'm fine the Warriors with to I'm, seven I'm last year. The Kings, man, I have no problem with them. They haven't pissed I'm me off. They the haven't beat the Celtics in ages. I'm a fan of the Kings. Beat the Warriors last year. Speaking of the Warriors, uh, they yeah, are the Warriors actually. Sorry, that's what I meant. Shit, I ruined my transition. Uh, the Warriors uh, don't don't want to trade Kaminga or Moody. Uh, Sam Vetchney of the Athletic. Uh, wrote this. I'll read it quickly. You also won't see Kaminga or Moody, two young Golden State players uh, who could be used to facilitate a deal for a star player. Don't think the Warriors have ruled out moving them, but they, uh, but at least currently, they aren't actively including them in potential packages. League sources believe new man- general manager Mike Dunleavy Jr. values both at a very high level and would love to hold on to them if he can, even if he also understands one or both might need to go to be the mechanism to facilitate much-needed changes. With the slumping Warriors, it's possible one or both of Kuminga or Moody feature uh, on future iterations of this board, but that's the reasoning I used to hold them off for now. This was him writing potential trade pieces, uh, and he held them off. I, I get it. You, brother you can't you can't hold on to them forever like 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 at some point you gotta choose short-term long-term with that warriors team it's just not working but i understand it's just it's tough man warriors are in a bad spot those two guys could be something that makes it less of a bad spot if they really believe in them i think you're right i think they have to make a decision if i'm them i'm saying see you clay you're almost in a similar position <clears throat> to memphis Mind you, Clay's contract sucks. So good luck getting somebody to take it. But <laughs> it's last year, though. It's oh, it's year. expiring. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 But so. you're almost in a similar situation to the Grizzlies, where it's like, at what point do you just say, "Well, they don't have their draft pick, so never mind." So actually, yeah. you might want to get better. <laughs> but eventually, you're going to have to get worse to get better. You or- also just can't. I don't think that time comes. Sorry, not to cut you off. I don't think you can accept that time until Steph Curry retires. That's my only. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Because they they just don't seem to have anything left in the tank with Curry as a part of the team. It's almost like a weird KG Pierce situation where you might want to trade him now and get something, but I don't know. If I'm a Warriors fan, I don't want them to trade Curry and I'll just ride it out and, and let him retire a Warrior. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. I, I don't I just I just don't think he can. Um all right. Uh, I think that's all we had for the NBA section. Should we move on to the rat list here? That's right. Move on. All right. Would you like to kick it off, sir? I can. Yeah. So rat list today being a holiday, Martin Luther King day, Mm. the gym, the most packed I've ever seen it. (laughs) Unbelievably packed. Yeah. Uh, I, I went in there and I was like, all right, I'm going to like do the exercises I had planned. And mm. I went to go get a drink because I didn't bring my water bottle. And even that was being used. I could barely get in to get a like a use the water fountain or bubbler. If you're from Rhode Island, it's called a bubbler. But I it's know a bubbler. people. You're, no, bubbler. you're right. It's a bubbler. Okay, a yeah, bubbler. I'm with it. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't even get in there. And then, you know what the worst part of the gym is? I went to take a mm. piss and there's just this naked guy walking around. I mean, nobody asked. <laughs> like, yes, you're in a locker room, but you're like also in a public place. Like, at least wear like a towel or something. Yeah, I. I that's why it's I don't worse. go to the gym, actually. Yeah, well, fair. <laughs> uh, it's worse at the gym where I play basketball because there's more Health older tracks. people there. It's like an old person thing too. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I I was just like, ah, oh, nice. Like, didn't expect to see that one. 
tough. Um, there was another <laughs> aggravating part of the gym today, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But really, yes, Ratless Busy Gym. A lot of people are standing around talking. Yeah, fair. I, I can agree with that. Um, I haven't done much the past couple days. Uh, I'll Ratless DoorDash again. Uh, a couple days ago, so I ordered McDonald's. It was late at night. I got home. It was like, get? I'm like, you know what? Well, <clears throat> I got a burger, nuggets, and fries, and a drink. Standard, right? Like a Big Mac meal. Uh, I got my nuggets. I got a McF- Oreo McFlurry, and then I got like sweet and sour sauce or ranch or something like sauces to go. Forgot my McFlurry. Just didn't get it. Disaster. No sauces and no sauce. No, how are you not gonna give me sauce with my nuggets? Wow. What are we doing? So Ratless, McDonald's, so, and DoorDash for just screwing me over, ruining my meal. I was upset. I, it was like 12.30 in the morning. I was playing Lethal Company. Have you heard of that? A couple no. of my buddies. Very fun. Very funny. It's effectively just a game. Like I'll explain it. But Ratless them for the sauces. Lethal Company is a game. Uh, it's like uh uses proximity chat, like in-game chat. Yeah. And the whole concept is you're on a ship and you work for, quote, the company. Uh, and you go to different planets and you just try to find scraps but when you go in these buildings there are monsters that try to murder you and there are jumps you have to cross and stuff and so you'll just be playing with your friends and one of my friends goes to make a jump he goes okay and it's like you have to have flashlights so it's very dark uh and he just goes to make a jump and he goes okay i'm going for it and i just hear him go nope and then he just like falls and dies into the cave in front of you it's a very fun game you and, and frank and, and them would like love this game i highly recommend it if, if you're looking for something but it's okay. very fun it's very simple but it's it's hilarious because you'll you'll just hear like down a corridor you'll be like running and you'll just hear ah, 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 like your friend running from a monster it's very fun but ratless mcdonald's for ruining my eating experience afterwards uh with no sauce speaking of mcdonald's back <clears throat> in my prime yeah. I would go on McDonald's runs at like two in the morning after playing sure. Xbox. As you do. I would get a double quarter pounder, a quarter pounder with cheese, 20 McNuggets, a uh, large fry, and then a drink of water. Yeah. I'm with still it. It was healthy. Still got the water. <laughs> but I can't believe I used to just like eat that, go to bed. Yeah. That's what I did. It's it doesn't great. really taste that good anymore. I had a fantastic chicken sandwich yesterday. I went out to eat. It was like, mm. uh, so we Jack came and met my girlfriend for an event uh, last month, Christmas. and we went out to eat beforehand. And we went to this place. Yeah. So it's like all sandwiches and burgers. But you can, if it's a burger, like a custom burger, you can sub for a chicken patty. And I love chicken sandwiches, so I did that. It was that. It was. Uh, Pepper jack cheese, onion crispers, barbecue sauce. It just did not miss. It was fantastic. One of the best sandwiches I've ever had. So just great day yesterday. But far more quality than McDonald's is really my point. Uh, Speaking of the lady, I had to pick the lady up from the airport yesterday. She went to D.C. briefly to meet some friends for a birthday or the friend's birthday, not her birthday. And came Mm. back and I picked her up at T.F. Green in Warwick. Now, at T.F. Green, there is a departures drop off and it's on the top floor and there is the arrivals on the bottom floor and if you're on the bottom floor typically there's all a line of cars parked on the curb and as people get picked up the line moves up yesterday tf green decided they were taking things seriously and had a traffic director out there trying to tell people not to wait at the curb unless their person was outside i did not know this so i waited on the curb he comes up to my window and i say hey how you doing he says have you not heard me telling the other people that if their person is not outside, not to pull up to the curb? 
Now, I didn't say this, but I did not hear him because my windows were up mm -hmm. and I was listening to music. Not going to hear you. Not You don't have a microphone to everybody's radios, dickhead. So anyway, uh, yeah. he's like, is your passenger outside? I'm like, well, she said she's coming. And he's like, that's not what I asked you. I asked if she's outside. And I said, give me a minute and I'll ask. And then he's like, I'm going to need you to loop around if she's not outside yet. And then I said, if you give me a minute, I'm trying to find out for you. And he kept giving me a hard time. And he threatened to give my plate to the airport police. And then my girlfriend came out and I left. But that guy was an all-time rat fuck, and he acted like he was being nice to me, but he was actually being a prick. He was like, I already asked you nicely. It's like, no, you didn't. You came up to me, and you were like, did you not hear me? It's like, no, I didn't hear you. Yeah, How was I, I supposed fucking, to hear you, dickhead? I fucking hate people like that. And, and it's the same professions who were bullied in high school or peaked in high school that try to have these fucking power trips it is professors it is police officers and like uh karens like there's there's, there's karen. niches to profession this. karen yeah yeah, yeah i couldn't think of it i meant niches there's like there's certain profession. types of people that act this way that act like they are the center of the fucking universe that is genuinely like just you saying that story got me like actually angry. Those are like the worst types of people. The people who like treat you like you, they're better than you at all times. Like, like he just speak no to me patience. Like, it's like, he, I don't know he, what you want out of me. I'm telling you, I'm trying to figure out the information you're asking me. I don't if know. If he literally just came up to you and said, Hey, I don't know if you heard me. I was saying this, like, if she's not outside, you do this. And he, if you just go, yeah, I know. Let me just ask her. And he goes, okay, no problem. Just make sure if she says no to go, it would have been fine. Like the whole situation yeah. would have been resolved, but he had to be a fucking asshole because he has nothing better to do with his life. Loser. Oh, well, also, so like, mad. not for nothing. Like fucking bum usually that guy is just not out like they don't have somebody doing that and it all yeah. works fine so i don't know why yesterday was such a big event but anyway <laughs> that really those got people. me fired up i was yeah I was it got complete. clearly got me fired up dude those people are the fucking worst man Ah, I, I agree i agree um i don't know I, I had a pretty lax couple days i don't know if I have much to rat list, I didn't do anything the weekend. Uh, I already rat listed Mike for the golf sim where he just kicked our ass. That was tough. <clears throat> uh, the T was pretty normal. I don't think I have any rat lists for the T when I took the gate, uh, took it into the game on Saturday. Uh, I missed my T, uh, which is not the T's fault, but I, I got there. I was pulled up and I saw that my train leaving as I pulled into the station and I had to mm -hmm. wait like 15, 20 minutes for the next one, which is fine. I was on the phone with my dad. So I just talked to him for a few more minutes, but it was just like, that, that's, that's the worst feeling when you pull up and you just, you miss your train by like two seconds. That sucked. Oh, it but it has to be a, a gut punch. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was a tough one, but yeah, that's all I got though. Uh, yeah, I'm out. That was my closing. <laughs> Yeah, we'll keep it there then. That was a pretty pretty calm rat list. Uh, but anyway, I don't know if it was calm, but it was short. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Swift, swift is a better word. But thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it very purpose? much. No. Uh, oh no, I did not. It's, we haven't changed. Happy birthday, Philip. We just hadn't changed it to uh, the number one. I'll do it here. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe to How About Them Celtics. Leave us a review on Apple. I haven't checked in a minute, uh, so I'll check there. And make sure to follow us and leave us a five stars on Spotify. Let's check Apple, see if anybody has listened to me at the end of these pods, begging for weeks and months to leave us a review. It's still ganky. Fuck. It's still <laughs> uh, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, let us know what you think of the show in the comments. 
send us an email, all that good stuff. Comment what's popping. I'll let Sam wrap it up. Hey, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of our daily videos. We're doing full-length pods like this one, game recaps, talk and sees with Bobby Kravitsky. We're doing film breakdowns and trade rumor breakdowns as well. Plus, if you're on YouTube, you'll get the 30-minute live streams before each game. Come hang out in the chat. It's a blast. We have a lot of fun, and we love talking to you guys. So definitely come hang out. Like Jack said, you can follow us on Spotify and Apple and leave a five-star review. If you do so, you'll get the audio versions of the pods and game recaps right to your inbox. You can find us via email, hbtcpod at gmail.com. We went through the emails today. You can say what's popping. You cannot, and you can get in touch with us. We will read them and share your thoughts with the world. Why not? You can find us on socials at How About Them Seas. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook is just the name of the podcast. My Facebook ban is gone. We're back. Uh, the pregame streams are on Facebook and they're on Twitter. If you want to follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack Simone NBA, you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye. Chick-tackle.